the last several weeks, we've been studying Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 21. And this is going to be our last session. And there are four things the Lord directs us to do regarding God's Word in these areas. The first thing He does is He tells us to pay attention to His words. In other words, stop attending to other things, attend to His Word. Secondly, He tells us to focus and listen only to what he has to say. Thirdly, uh, we looked at last time where he tells us to see the word working in our imagination. In other words, when he says keep before your eyes, he's talking about on the inside of you. See the word of God. When you close your eyes, what do you see? What do you picture? He's saying see that word working in your life. And lastly, what we're going to focus on tonight is keeping his word in our hearts. And he told us that if we would do this, if we would do these four things, it would be the word, his words that we're focusing on would become life and health to us, to, to all of our flesh. Now, this area we've been referring to in Proverbs 4 uh, is often referred to as God's medicine. We hear that too. And God's word, again, is life and health. It's medicine to all our flesh. And there's nothing that this medicine cannot cure. And that's how we need to see this. We need to see this as this is the thing that God will do or use His Word to fix something in our physical body. In other words, if something were to happen in our physical body, whether it be an accident, whether it be on uh, on purpose, whether it be something just popped up and the doctor points out something to us we're not feeling well the fact is this medicine can cure any of it everybody say any of it everything and anything there's nothing god's word cannot cure the beautiful thing about it is guys it doesn't cost us any money anybody ever went to the doctors it ain't free In other words, everything costs money. Everything. Well, the fact is, it doesn't cost us any money. No doctors required. No hospital visits. This medicine works just like it's supposed to every single time it's taken. And when you think about it, and we've heard this before, it almost seems too good to be true. When you think about this thing, man, that's just like too easy. And the reality is, it is. It's that There's nothing complicated about God. It doesn't need to be hard. And we would like it to be hard because that makes us feel like we're doing more, I guess. We're more involved. I mean, seriously, that's religious thinking. The more you're involved, the more you're doing things. You just need to act on His Word and expect to see results. We expect to see the Word of God that we acted on work. Why? Because God promised it. God gave it to us. And that's all there is to it. So let's review our text real quickly. Look with me, Proverbs chapter 4, and let's look at our verses, verse 20 through 22. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings, in other words, his words. Do not let them, my words, depart from your eyes. Keep them, my words, in the midst of your heart. For they, my words, are life to those who find them, and medicine to all their flesh. You'll notice how I kept on referring to God's Word, because that's the subject. That's the focus here. I encourage you in your Bible, 
I would write in every one of those places his words. Why? It brings you back to the word. It's all about his words, okay? Now, that word health in the last verse in Hebrew is the word marpe, M-A-R-P-E. It literally means medicine. That's the literal meaning of that word in Hebrew. So when God talked about the word medicine, he wasn't kidding. Medicine to all our flesh. It literally means a health remedy, cure. Uh, It means deliverance, refreshing. So in other words, he's saying that God's word will become the cure to what ails you. God's word will be the thing that will fix the thing you need in your body. That it's the remedy. So if you have diabetes, you're diagnosed with diabetes, you're diagnosed with high blood pressure, you're diagnosed with whatever, then there's a cure for it. And it's God's word. But we have to do what the word says. Now, Jesus told us this in Matthew 4, 4. He told us, and he was quoting the Old Testament, that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Man cannot successfully live life. You can get by, but you can't live life the way God intended without His word. Psalm 107.20 tells us that He sent His word and healed them. So that word that Jesus is telling us we need has healing power. There's the power of God in that word, again, to work in our life. Now, again, let's look at this medicine thing we were talking about. When we talk about the Word of God being medicine to all our flesh, in order for God's medicine to work, we must follow the prescription or the directions that the Word gives us. In other words, you would do the same thing with natural medicine. You would follow the prescription says, do this, this, and this. Well, the Word of God, in this case, gave us the same set of instructions. Do this, this, and this. And these are the results. What are the results of you doing what the Word says? The Word of God says that that Word will be life to your physical body, or or life to you, actually, and medicine to all your flesh, or a remedy, or a cure to all your flesh. But you still have to take the medicine according to directions. You can't just say, well, I don't really care for this part, so I'm going to do this. You know, you got to do what the Word says. And if we'll do what the Word says, we'll see it work in our life. This is important for you to understand. Faith is a spiritual force. Okay, It is a real force. And many believe in their heads, and this is important, many believe in their heads. If I were to ask you, well, do you believe this? Your reaction might be, of course I do. But it could be just you believe in your head. That's the way I think. How many believe that the sun will come up tomorrow? How many believe that? He was thinking about it, but he he confirmed with us. But the, the, the fact is that we believe that right now. You don't necessarily have to have anything else to confirm that, right? I've seen it time and time again, so I trust it'll show up tomorrow. You know, the fact is, there's a lot of things in life you believe. The Bible says that even the demons believe and tremble. 
In other words, even the devil believes that God is real. Whoop-dee-ding-dong. That isn't going to help you. That isn't going to change your life. You need to get God's Word in your heart where you're believing it in your heart. See, Jesus didn't say to believe with your head. He said, believe with your heart. Everybody say it with me. Jesus said, I need to believe in my heart. Now, your heart is your spirit man, the real you on the inside. It has nothing to do with your head. There's many times I've been able to believe God in my heart and my head saying, it ain't working. <laughs> it is not working. Everything is telling me it's not working, yet in my heart I know it is. But see, I had to get faith in my heart. There's a lot of Christians that stop short of this. They know God's Word. They could even quote some scriptures. They can go to it. They can refer to what someone else might said. But it's one thing to have this in your head. It's another thing to have the Word of God in your heart heart okay and that's what we're going to focus on tonight but let's do some quick review really fast okay number one again the scripture said my son give attention to my word so we talked about that stop give attention focus on the word of god in other words stop attending to other things and give time to the word of god make the word of god a priority it cannot be an afterthought and that's the number one thing to do. God is saying, quit being so busy over here doing this. Focus on my word. Take time. There are, let's be honest with each other, okay? There are times in our life where we can go a whole week and not even look at the word of God. That's, that is not, it ain't going to work in our life if we do that. You have to what? Make a decision. And everybody says, well, you pastor, you just don't know how busy I am. Come on. We all make decisions with our time and what we're going to do with it. I guarantee you there's not as many people sacrificing music time or listening or watching TV time, you know. In other words, the fact is cut off the other things if you have to. Put your phone away, you know, that kind of thing that might be distracting you from spending time in God's Word. You might even have to say, you know what, I mean, I really got some housework to do, but... I'm going to take 30 minutes and I'm going to put everything else aside. This is more important. The Word of God must be made a priority in your life. It won't just happen. It won't just happen because you think about it. Uh, well, I, the Word of God's a priority. Well, God might say, prove it. Show me. In other words, it's a, everybody say action. That first verse is all about action. Not thinking about it, not believing God's word is important, but actually acting on it. The second thing he said was incline your ear to my sayings. Uh, in other words, his word. And basically what he's saying is stop listening to what others are saying and listen to my word. That goes along with the first verse. Okay, the, 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 you know, the prior verse. In other words, he's saying, give time to my word. Listen to what I'm saying. Stop listening to everything else. Um, stop listening to negative things. Stop listening to um, others who are saying things like, healing is not for today, or um, you never know what God's will is, or your own body telling you it ain't working. Or the devil is screaming in your head, it ain't working. Stop listening to those things and only listen to what God is saying. Thirdly, he said, do not let them, my words, depart from your eyes. We looked at that last time. What he's telling us, 
is not only listen to his word, but look at his word. Look at his word. Keep your eyes on his word. Yes, of course, you should spend natural time in the word of God looking at the word. But he's not talking about that. He's talking about your thinking, your imagination. What he's saying is, see yourself with what God's word provides. See it working in your life. Close your eyes and imagine it working. See it working in your life. Imagine yourself well. You remember last time uh, we did the whole word paints pictures in our minds. And we get, remember we had you close your eyes and gave you a ridiculous story. But what you noticed is that no matter how ridiculous the story was, every word I would speak would what? Your mind would paint a picture really fast and you would see something. Okay. Well, God's Word does the same thing. It paints a picture in your mind. That picture should be what? What God's Word says. If He says, by the stripes you were healed, then what's the picture you should see on the inside? By the stripes of Jesus, I'm well. I'm healthy. So whatever it is that's bothering you, we're not saying ignore it. We're saying, if, like for example, let's say I was someone who, who couldn't walk then what could I picture myself doing? Walking. I could picture myself walking. I could picture myself running. I could picture myself being in a race. I could picture myself running with my kids or grandkids. I could picture myself doing things and enjoying life standing up. Don't picture myself in the wheelchair never being able to get up. Have you ever done that? One thought enters your mind and then you just all of a sudden pictured your whole life that way? What I mean is is that a little thought comes in your mind about something. It could be anything. Let's say all of a sudden this little thought comes in, um, uh, uh, that's cancer, that pain you have in your side, that's cancer. So all of a sudden your mind drifts. Okay, You all know, you're daydreaming. And you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you picture going to the hospital and getting the bad news. And then having to share that with family and friends. And then he tells you how long you're going to live. And all of a sudden, you can go through this whole storyline <laughs> in your mind in about 30 seconds. And then you're like, catch yourself. Wait a minute. What am I thinking here? That's crazy talk. First of all, that's just a pain, dumb devil. I mean, it's just a, a side. Ate too much pizza, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's no big deal. But what I'm trying to say is, in a moment of time, you can, you know dream up this crazy thing going on in your life you need to get a hold of your thoughts that's what he's saying is get a hold of your imagination don't allow yourself to see yourself in any negative light or a negative way don't allow to see yourself not well not healed not blessed or whatever the case is whatever it is that you're having the challenge with Imagine yourself well. Keep your eyes on that picture. Never allow your thoughts to drift, okay? And it's very easy to do that. I mean, especially when you're just, it seems like your guard's down and you're relaxed. And you just, <laughs> I've done that and I'm like, holy cow, I created this entire scenario in my mind of something that isn't real. But see, that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. Keep your guard down and keep on thinking like that. Think, let's say your challenge is finances, and, he, and, and all you can ever picture is you struggling with finances. I know someone that has a really difficult time with the idea that, that the home they have is the only home they'll ever have. If they ever lose that home, they'll never have a home again. 
That's poverty thinking. That is, that is, that is, sometimes we think if we let go of a, a lot of things that, well, that's it. I won't ever have that again, you know, or anytime God ever blesses me, he's just going to ask for it anyway. So what's the point? See, that's, that's a wrong attitude. Am I right? What did God say? That if you gave everything in his name, what did he say? He blessed you with it a hundred times or more. In other words, if, if anybody, remember, gave up lands, houses, money, right? All those things, what would he do? He'd make sure in this lifetime that they're that much more blessed. You can't outgive God. But the devil would like you to think what? Once you gave it, you lost it. You know? You should give without motive. <laughs> In other words, you should just give and just, that's the way it is, you know. No, I'm not gi- I'm giving because why? I love God and God's a giver and I want to be a blessing, but I know I can't outgive God. I know that if I sacrifice and give this up, God's going to make it up to me. It's going to come back to me. What I am really saying in my life is this does not rule me. I want to be used by God. How many guys want to be used by God? How many of you'd like to have so much money that you just can't count it all? I still got my hand up. The only way that's going to happen is if you allow the Lord to use you and not worry about it. Just let Him use you. And, and be excited when He speaks to you about giving. Don't think, well, the Lord's going to tap me to give away that brand new TV I got. It's beautiful, too. How many guys? I mean, if you could have a 120-inch TV that just look awesome. I mean... Any guy would like that. I mean, yeah, you know, that's the way to watch. I don't care what I'm watching. I'm going to watch it in style. I mean, you know, well, the reality, though, is, is what if the Lord said, could you give that away? You know, I heard one somebody say, and I totally agree, that if you can't give it away, it owns you. You don't own it. You know, you want to be able to give anything away and not worry at all about it. I mean, you know, I get another one. God's a big God. Amen. I don't know how I got lost on that, but all right. So we keep our eyes on the word. So if the Bible says, by the stripes you were healed, we keep our eyes on that. In other words, if I were in a, in a situation, and I've done this many times. I remember one time comes to, to, to mind, um, many years ago, I had uh, sprained my ankle really bad. I mean, it was bad, bad. I mean, I remember when my wife was able to finally get the shoe off and pulled it off. It was like a softball on the side here. It was huge. I mean, I about fainted just looking at it. I, did, I felt okay until I looked at it. Dear Lord, looks like a watermelon's growing on the side there. And it then it hurt, especially in the morning when I'd be like this, and then I'd put my foot down, and all that blood would rush down. I was fine until I put my foot down. And uh, anyway, I, I remember... They were telling me how many weeks and weeks and weeks it could be before I could really put pressure on it and do what I needed to do. And, and I, God blessed me with someone who was willing to pay me, to, you know, and he allowed me to put my foot up and just sit down and, and do something. But I was pretty immobile there for a couple weeks. And I remember we got about the third or fourth week and my wife was off doing something because my oldest daughter wasn't there, so she was probably at some you know, women's function or something. And I'm sitting in the living room and I was meditating on the word of God on healing with my foot up on the sofa like this. And, and I, and I'm really getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. I mean, I, I'm, 
I, at the time, I was like 22 years old, 23, something like that. Man, I was antsy. I always had to be doing something. And I'm sitting there. And this is really keeping me down, you know. And it was hard to move around or go anywhere. We lived on a second floor on top of it. So getting out was a life or death thing. I, and, and seriously, I had issues where I literally fell down the stairs, you know, in ice and snow. All I did was do this as I was going down because I just wanted to block my face. <laughs> I'm thinking, please don't break my leg, Lord. You know, as I'm going down, da, 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 you know. But I remember I'm sitting there and I'm meditating on the word. By the straps of Jesus, I was healed. By the straps of Jesus, I was healed. And I had been doing this for a couple days, just, just meditating on the word over and over and over. And, and finally, it's like I was inspired in the inside of me, like I had built a certain level of faith. And, and I heard on the inside of me, well, what does a well person do? And I'm thinking about, thinking, well, a, a well person wouldn't have their legs sitting across here <laughs> immobile on a sofa. You know, they would be doing other things. And so, and then I heard on the inside of me, well, do you believe you're healed? Do you believe I healed you? And I said, yes, I do. I do. I know I do. You already healed me. And I've been talking to my foot, you know, and, and I have been, like I said, though, guys, I have been meditating on, the, on, on, on healing scriptures a lot and been thinking about it a lot and speaking it a lot over these few days. And so I said a well person would be well, he'd be up and doing things. And so I picked up my foot, and I dropped it. Ow! You know, I mean, it hurt like blazes. I put it on the floor, and, I, and, I, and I'm a well person would be up. And I got up oh, without the crutches. And I am just, I'm putting pressure and weight on this thing. And, oh, it would hurt. I mean, throbbing. And I just started praising God that I'm well that I already know I'm well. And I would talk to my foot. I mean, I almost get tears coming out of my eyes. I'm in so much pain. And I'm sitting there talking to my foot. <laughs> I'm praising God that I'm well. And I just started moving around because a well person isn't sitting there. A well person is moving around. And I'm sitting there and I just kept on rejoicing and rejoicing. And all of a sudden, I started noticing something. I had a little spring there. It wasn't hurting so bad. And I just kept on rejoicing and moving around. And the more I would do it, the more I would praise God, the more I would get focused on it. See, what is faith? Faith is acting on the Word. And all of a sudden, within probably about 15 minutes of doing this, I was walking around. Where just 15 minutes ago, I couldn't even move my foot. I said, i got to prove this. i got to do something big. Now that I look back, I'm thinking, it was the dumbest thing I could have ever done, but thank God for God's grace. But we had this portable washer and dryer in the kitchen, and we didn't have you know, a normal hookup, so it was a portable setup you could set up to the sink, and, and, all, and Lisa wanted the dryer or something moved. So I went over to it, <laughs> and I, back then I did a lot more physical labor, and I picked this thing up, and I walked it over with my foot, and I put it down where it belonged, and it didn't hurt. And I'm sitting there, praise God, God is so good. I mean, the word's working, and, and I'm seeing that. And after that, it, it just got just better and better and better to why I never noticed it at all. And I was way, it, it, I mean, advanced as far as healing to where they said I'd be. I'd only been a couple of weeks where it should have been, you know, they were talking about up to eight weeks before I could totally let go of the crutches. And here I am, I think three weeks into it or something like that. The word works, but you have to act on it. 
You have to do what the Word says. Well, it, part of it is what we're talking about. So let's look at the last thing that we're supposed to do in Proverbs 4. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now the them is talking about what? His words. Keep His words in the midst of your heart. Keeping the Word in your heart or your spirit, man, how do you do that? How do, you, how do we get and keep God's Word in our heart? Well, I really believe we put God's Word in our heart by speaking it, by confessing it, meditating on His Word. If you want to look here real quickly, I'm going to give you two scriptures real fast. Psalm 119 and Romans 10. Psalm 119 verse 11 and Romans 10 verse 8. In Psalm 119 verse 11, the scripture, most of you know this one, it's your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So the scripture is saying, I've put God's word in my heart on purpose so that I'll make the right decisions. I'll do the right things. Okay, Sin is simply doing the wrong thing. All right, It's missing the mark. And so I don't want to miss the mark. I want to do the right thing, so what do I do? I hide your word in my heart. All right, And my heart determines the direction and the actions I'll take, the decisions I'll make. Now, how do I hide God's word in my heart? Well, Romans 10.8 says this, and I want you to notice. You've heard it many times, but you may never have slowed down a little bit. Romans 10.8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Notice mouth is before the heart. In your, the word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. I really do believe, and I, I, again, this is not a teaching specifically on this, okay? So I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but the fact is, I believe that as you put God's word in your mouth, that's how you feed your heart. Now, there's uh, uh, another way of looking at this. Remember when Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So in other words, your mouth feeds your heart. Your heart feeds your mouth. All right? Now, let's think of it like food. Now, most of us, unless you have a degree in uh, uh, biology and, and all the different things that go on with the body, what do we do with food? We consume food, right, through our mouth. We consume it, and then it, we digest it, and our body assimilates it. It takes it, breaks it down, and, and does all kinds of things with it to give our body everything it needs, right? And everything it doesn't need, it gets rid of, all right? Now, You've heard the term, you are what you eat, right? Well, doesn't that sound a lot like out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? Whatever's in you in abundance is what's going to come out. Eat when the pressure's on in life. Your, your spirit uh, is like a sponge. So whatever it's full of when it's squeezed, whatever's in it is going to come out, right? The pressure of life will squeeze it out of you. If I, we were to have a work day, 
And we had, you know, a bunch of people over here working, let's say, on the side of the building by the shed. And, and we're building something, okay? And we're using hammer and nails, let's say. And then one of you or some, let's say some guy, we won't use a girl as an example, we'll say some guy, whack, hits their thumb, or really hard. Now, have you ever heard what comes out of a guy's mouth when he smacks his thumb really hard or some other part of his body? Some, sometimes some words will come out, won't it? Without thinking about it, Christians and non-Christians alike. I've heard some pretty bad things come out of a Christian's mouth that I'm thinking, wow. Now they'll say, oh, oh my gosh, preacher, I, I didn't mean to say that. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Well, why do I know that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can't stop it. Have you ever said something? Oh, why did I say that? And you can't help yourself. You can even make the decision that I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to this family thing and maybe you're always the troublemaker or you're part of one of the troublemakers. And what I mean is, is that you know somebody's going to stir you up, you're going to open your mouth and you're going to say something that's going to explode. So you say, this time, honey, I want you to help me keep my mouth shut. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to sit there and, and I'm going to bite my tongue. And then every time you're like, I did it again. The moment they drew me in, my mouth opened. Why? You can't help it. Whatever's inside you is going to come out your mouth. Jesus said so. So guess what the, what, what's the answer to this? Put the right things in your heart. Put the right things in your heart. Amen? And then what will come out of you when you need it? See, if you'll feed your heart faith when you don't need it, if you'll feed your heart good things when you don't need it, your heart will feed your mouth when you do need it. And the right things will come out, the, the, the right words for the right situations. That's exactly what he's talking about. The word is near you in your mouth than in your heart. Listen carefully. God's word is filled with faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the more I speak it, the, I'm talking about God's Word, the more I confess it, the more I meditate on God's Word, then the faster faith is being developed. And that's why it's so important. And guess what? You can listen to me and faith will come. Okay? But you believe you better than you believe me. Anybody here lie to yourself? So you believe you, right? So if you said something, you believe you. So if you're speaking God's word, you're agreeing with his word when you confess it, it's going to work faster in your life than it is if I'm speaking it. That's why you need to take what you're learning like tonight and practice it for the next week. And as you do that, you'll grow faster. You see, if you're seeing it and you're confessing it, then your inner ear and your outer ear and your eyes are seeing it. That's why it's so important we talk out loud and not just um, think it. Speak it. It's important. Speak the Word of God. Confess what God's Word says about you. Meditate. Now, what does the word meditate mean? Meditate is to mutter. In Hebrew, 
That's what they would do. That's what it implied. They would just say the same thing over and over, like I was talking about earlier, quietly. I, a lot of times when I'm meditating on the Word, I'll, I usually I'll, I'll, I'll uh, sit in an easy chair or maybe lay on my bed or maybe take a walk where it's quiet, all right, where I don't have a lot of distraction. And what I'll do is I'll take the Word of God, for example, like by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. Let's use that one. I would just over and over say it to myself, over and over, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. By those stripes, I was healed. I was healed by the stripes Jesus took, by his wounds that were ripped from his back, I was healed. And I would just say it over and over and over and over, almost like, a, like I'm chewing on something, like I'm chewing gum almost. I'm just saying the same things over quietly to myself, over and over, not in my head. Okay, this is not meditation like you might think on TV. Home, home, uh, none of that crap. All right. If you're going to breathe, breathe. All right. I don't have any problem with you, you know, but say what it is. You know, I think it's important that you get quiet sometimes and you chill out and you, you know, but don't call that meditation. All right. That's not meditation biblically, okay? Biblically is you saying the Word of God over and over and over. And what you do is you're feeding your spirit, man. Your mind is focused on it. You're thinking on it. You're not being distracted. It doesn't have to be yelled or screamed. You're just quietly, and it, it takes practice. I mean, I would encourage you, if you haven't done a lot of that, start out with just five minutes a day. Just take one scripture, five minutes a day, and just repeat it over and over. But do it where there's no distractions, okay? Go in your prayer closet. Some of you, that might be a literal closet. When I was younger, it's what I used to do. We had a big walk-in closet. I'd go in the walk-in closet, turn off the light, and sit down. Why? It was quiet. <laughs> no one knew I was there, so no one was asking me. This is long before cell phone days, so I didn't have to worry about that. And, and I would just meditate on the Word. And what that does is that builds faith in you. Now, let me give you an example. The Lord was reminding me earlier, because I was thinking, Lord, I, I really want a good example, and I've used several, and the Lord gave me this one to remind you. Remember Abram. Now, Abram got a promise from God that him and his wife Sarai would have their own child. And you might remember from the story, uh, by the way, this is from Genesis, um, that Sarai was barren. And so they couldn't have a, a child naturally. God made a promise that Abram would have his own child. In fact, he would have many of them, okay? In other words, he would have his own child that would produce a lot, all right? Well, years went by and nothing happened. But a lot of this is due to the lack of faith that Abram had. In other words, he believed God, but he didn't really pursue it like he should have okay he didn't act on god's word eventually him and sarai got together and sarai said hey let's help poor old god out and uh because it's not happening maybe god wants you maybe he wants us to get involved so sarai says abram why don't you take my my servant uh, uh hagar here why don't you sleep with her and abram's like all right if you if i have to and uh so he gets together with uh, Hagar, and they have Ishmael. But the Lord comes back to Abram and says, Listen, I, I love Ishmael, but that's not the child of promise. That's not, you and I both know, that's not the way we talked about doing this thing. It would be, it would be supernatural, all right? So God does something there. A 
Abram at this point is pretty old. He's bumping, he's close to 100. He's 99 years old. Sarai is 90 years old. And again, barren. And uh, well, God says, this is what I'm going to do. All right. He reminds him of the promise. And he even makes something real clear to him. And he talks about just a year from now. And he really stretches the promise. But he had to do something with Abram's faith. He had to build faith in him. And the only way to build faith in him is what? How does faith come? By hearing and hearing the word or the promise of the word, right? Well, so God says, Abram, I'm going to change your name. Your name's now going to be Abraham. Now, the essential meaning of Abraham means father of many nations, okay? Just a general meaning. In other words, in other words what he was pointing out is the promise that he had made. He said, I need Abraham to see himself that way. I need him to focus on my word. And so he also changes Sarai's name to Sarah, which uh, essentially means princess. All right. Now, I'm sure at 90 years old, how often do you think Abram and Sarah, you know, like go on in a date or something? You know what I'm saying? I mean, think about the situation for a moment. But all of a sudden, God changes her name and Abraham starts looking at Sarah, and he's calling her princess all the time, and he's calling her father of many nations. And every time someone yells out, Abraham, what is he hearing? Father of many nations. Now, what, what was the promise? That he would be a father of many nations, right? And so he's hearing this. Every time he says, my name is father of many nations, all the time he's hearing this, all the time. He's hearing and saying, saying and hearing, and hearing and saying, and saying and hearing. And Sarah, same thing. Within a few months, they start, you know, maybe renewing their relationship, you know. Abraham's getting a little frisky with Sarah here. See, faith without actions is, doesn't it take them to come together to produce anything? Right? I mean, something had to happen. And he's looking at Sarah, and Sarah's looking at him, and they are talking God's word. See, what are they doing? They're speaking what God says about them all the time, all the time, all the time. Faith is beginning to build up. Within just a few months, they find out she's pregnant. Think about that. A 90-year-old woman who was barren is now pregnant from a 99-year-old man. Think about that. That is supernatural. But what I want you to see here is this, that once they began to start saying out of their mouths what God says about them, see, they're beginning to agree with God. Faith began to build up. Now, what does the Word of God say? That if we would listen carefully, if I would attend to the Word, if I would listen only to what He has to say, if I would see, can you imagine what was happening in Abraham? He began to see himself as a father of many nations. He began to see this thing happening on the inside of him. He began to see Sarah pregnant. He began, I mean, Sarah began to envision this, began to see it on the inside, and they were speaking it constantly, keeping it in their heart. And the word of God became life to them and health to their whole body, a remedy, a cure for that barrenness. Just say hello, and where are you? We're at church. You guys get what I just said? 
Did you hear that? How are you going to change the circumstances? How is your faith going to grow? How do you keep God's word in your heart? You do that by speaking it over and over and over. And you say, Pastor, how long do I say it? I said it 200 times and I didn't see anything happen. Well, obviously it hasn't gotten your heart yet. Because what did Jesus say? That we could talk to that mountain and say, be removed and be cast into the sea. If what? We believe in our heart and say with our mouth. How many times do you have to talk to that mountain once you believe in your heart? One time. Now you may talk to it a lot, but once faith got into your heart, there's no stopping it. That mountain is moving. In other words, she, she was going to have that baby. That son of promise was going to manifest. The same thing in your life. Whether it's cancer, whether it's believing God for more finances, whether it's getting rid of high blood pressure or diabetes or whatever it is, what we've got to do is follow the prescription that we've learned over the last four weeks. That means we have to stop and attend to the Word. The Word's going to be the most important thing to us. And then we need to listen only to what that Word says. Nothing else. Only to what that Word says. And then we don't get our eyes off that Word. We don't think of anything else. All we do is see that Word working in our life. And then we're speaking that Word constantly. We're never letting go. We're never letting that Word depart from our mouth. There's no vacation breaks on speaking it. It's constantly coming out. What's going to happen when you do that? Faith is building up in your spirit. And that Word will become life to you and medicine to all your flesh, or whatever it is that you need. It's that simple. But all we got to do is work what the Word says. Amen? I want to encourage you guys, be a doer of the Word. Don't just know this. Act on it. And you don't say, well, I'm not sick right now. I'm good. <laughs> remember what I said earlier. <laughs> remember, 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 remember. That if you will feed your heart when you don't need it, then your heart will feed your mouth when you do. And see, a lot of people don't do anything because everything is running smooth. That's just what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to get cocky. He wants you to, to feel good about yourself and all, all is well. I'm doing good. I can back off from this stuff. And then what does the Bible say? He takes you at his own will. He looks for your weak moment when you think everything is cool. Don't ever, I've heard this from many a preacher, and I agree. Always, always, no matter what you're studying, no matter what you're hearing, no matter what you're doing in life, always feed along the lines of faith. Always read something, build something inside you, at least, at least weekly, at least weekly. I would encourage you to do something like we're talking about every day. In other words, just take a scripture, and it could be on prosperity. Maybe the next day, have one seven days a week, one for every day. <laughs> you know, Third John verse two one day, First uh, Peter two twenty four the next day, and so on and so forth. And what you do is you go through these maybe for a month every day. You meditate on them. You're confessing them, and then go get a whole new batch. And what you're doing is you're feeding your spirit constantly. And one of these days, when the world comes and puts pressure on you. What's going to come out of you? The Word of God, just like Jesus. Could the devil beat Jesus? Remember when he was tempted? 
Why? Why? Jesus did exactly what we were talking about. What kept on coming out of Jesus' mouth every time the devil would come at him? The Word of God. It is written. Listen, you can't do this with the devil. Hold on just a second, devil. Where is that scripture? Um, oh, hold on. Hold on, Satan. Hold on. He's going to be laughing his head off at you. Why? It's not in your heart, and he knows it. You can't even remember it in your head. I mean, seriously. And if you just start spouting out scriptures when something goes wrong, and you're just, that's just fear. Build yourself up. When I hear bad news or something occurs in my life, I do my best, honestly, unless I'm in a situation where I have to pray right then, I won't. What I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll just pick a couple of scriptures and I'll start meditating on them and meditating on them. Then I'll pray. Maybe the next day or the day after. But don't just jump right. Build your faith up. Because how do these things work? Faith produces, not words out of your head. <laughs> faith produces, but it's got to be in your heart. Amen? Did you get anything out of it tonight? I want to encourage you to do that. You know, take uh, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Meditate on that. Meditate on that. Build your faith up in it. Remind yourself, and then take another scripture, another scripture, and you'd be surprised. You start getting in the habit of doing that. One of my favorite things to do as a minister, and I, I, I try to do this as much as possible. It doesn't always work out like that. But I like to take as early as I can, meditate on the scriptures that I'm focused on. And what that does, it, it allows the Holy Ghost more time to unveil and open my eyes on some things that I didn't see. And uh, it just, I'm, then I'm preaching out of my overflow. It's just coming out of me. And it's much, much different than me just kind of preaching line upon line, so to speak, out of my head or following notes. I like that. It's funner. I mean, I have to shut myself off when I do that. You know what I'm saying? I have to say, okay, I have to stop. I mean, you guys all look like it's like I can watch everybody's tank going up. Okay, they're full. (laughs) They can't take any more, you know.